Vicky de Guzman. Here are the latest COVID-19 pandemic updates, making headlines in the Philippines and across the globe. The Philippines adds 504 fresh cases of COVID-19 to cross the 25,000 mark in the total number of infections. 103 others were also reported as late cases, referring to those that were tested more than three days ago. New deaths are at 22, while new recoveries are at 252. Breaking down the numbers, the ABS-CBN data analytics team notes today accounts for the highest number of total fresh cases ever. 246 of those are from Metro Manila, which is likewise the highest ever number of fresh cases for the capital region. The number of reported deaths is also the highest in over a month. A research group from the University of the Philippines warns cases in the country may potentially reach 40,000 by the end of June. Okta Research Group says the government needs to be wary about these grim forecasts as they decide on losing restrictions in the country. But the group says there's no need to panic as hospitals still have enough capacity, recoveries are going up, and the mortality rate is slowing down. Although the group notes the health department's efforts in addressing backlogs, they say these gaps in the data will undermine efforts to fight the pandemic and the health department's legitimacy as an institution. Affects modeling, it affects forecasting, it affects uh, our picture of the pandemic, and it also affects strategies that we're going to implement on the ground, mm -hmm. especially at the local government level. The Philippine Health Department clarifies it has yet to release data on recent case doubling time of coronavirus infections in the country. This after rumors Metro Manila will again be placed on enhanced community quarantine after June 15 due to a supposedly faster rate of case doubling time. Health Undersecretary Maria Rosario Vergere says the data will be indicated in the recommendation of the Interagency Task Force on COVID-19 to President Duterte on Monday. The Philippine Chamber of Commerce and Industry supports the speedy passage of the Accelerated Recovery and Investment Stimulus for the Economy, or ARISE, bill. PCCI President Ambassador Benedicto Uvico explains while the government has begun giving out credit to help small and medium enterprises to restart their operations, more needs to be done. Uvico adds it's also important for online businesses to register with the Bureau of Internal Revenue to help government raise much-needed funds. Yung ating uh, ginagamit na pera pang social amelioration funds, for example, pang recover, eh, inuutang lang natin yan. Kailangan bayaran yan. And kailangan magkaroon tayo ng sources of revenue. So kailangan i-rehistro yung mga online businesses na yan. Merong mga components yan na very important para sa SMT. For example, meron dada, maraming idadagdag doon sa tinatawag natin SB Corporation, Small Business Guarantee Corporation. Mag maglalagay sila ng malaking fondo. Don't come to the airport without a confirmed flight. That plea coming from the Air Carriers Association of the Philippines, which also urged passengers to bring all travel and health papers and to check with the local government of their destination for other documentary requirements. ACAP made that statement amid news that many travelers continue to get stranded around Metro Manila's main gateway. The group explained the aviation situation is very fluid as travel restrictions from the national and local governments change. ACAP said flights are still limited due to these restrictions, but it is working with various government agencies to expedite the mounting of additional flights. 
The construction of protected bicycle lanes along EDSA, Metro Manila's largest thoroughfare, begins today, Saturday. The bike lanes will be placed on roads and not on sidewalks as more people shift to biking amid the COVID-19 lockdown and given the lack of available public transportation. In the meantime, the Transport Department is making available more city bus routes to service more commuters. Transport Undersecretary Artemio Tuazon, however, says raising the capacity of trains still isn't an option for now. If you will notice, uh, the buses, the public utility buses and the trains have a very different configuration. We are able to maintain the one-meter distancing between passengers and buses much easier uh, because of the forward-facing seating. Whereas in trains, you're facing each other. That's why we have to really be able to control the number of people so that the distancing as well as the contact with other passengers are limited. Presidential Advisor for Entrepreneurship Joey Concepcion cautions the government against placing parts of the country under enhanced community quarantine once again amid the continued rise in COVID-19 cases in the country. Joey Concepcion says the government has to take a risk in order to save the jobs and livelihood of the people. Concepcion also expressed support for only locking down villages with high infection rates. He adds fiscal stimulus bills will not work if the economy does not open up more. The move back to ECQ, of course, will be will will be a huge setback for the Philippines. No? Mm -hmm. So I believe now that we really have to try to save jobs and livelihoods because in the end of the day, these people will not be able to afford to buy medicines, which they have to uh, take for their own other medical conditions. Keep the jobs uh, from crashing and keep livelihoods from uh, keeping them alive. Meanwhile, Cebu City is slowly emerging as a new battleground for the coronavirus disease in the country. That's after Cebu City surpassed Quezon City with the highest number of COVID-19 infections. But the Cebu Chamber of Commerce and Industry hopes the government will further ease restrictions for the sake of the economy. The group's president, Felix Taguiam, says 50 to 60 percent of businesses have reopened since the implementation of the GCQ last June 1st. Assumingly, if ever Cebu is declared as a GCQ and the rest of the province under MECQ, so it's a matter of how to relax the border restriction. No? If the border restrictions are not that strict, at least the economy is back. The most important thing is the economy. Uh, although we understand we have to balance life and economy, but uh, nevertheless, at this level, it is a good news already for all of us, no? uh, businesses. Nine out of 10 Filipinos stressing over the coronavirus pandemic, according to the latest survey of the social weather stations. Those who experienced great stress were Filipinos who have experienced involuntary hunger in the past three months, as well as those who either lost their jobs or received pay cuts because of the health crisis. The poll also showed the stress level was higher in the Visayas, but the level between areas under enhanced community quarantine and general community quarantine was equal at 55%. The survey was conducted using mobile and telephones from May 4 to 10. Over 4,000 working-age Filipinos were interviewed. The Philippine Overseas Labor Office in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, will temporarily suspend its operations starting June 14. This after six of its employees tested positive for COVID-19. 
All Polo staff will now be placed on a work-from-home arrangement. Labor attaché Nasser Mustafa gives his assurance they will continue to respond to calls and offer services to overseas Filipino workers in distress. The Philippine Charity Sweepstakes Office appeals to President Duterte to allow it to resume lottery operations. PCSO General Manager Royina Garma says minimum health protocols will be observed once they restart the betting games. Garma adds the PCSO continues to provide medical assistance to the public despite the suspension of its lottery games due to the pandemic. Patuloy po yung pamimigay namin ng tulong through yung medical access program po namin. At uh, uh, nagkaroon din ng online application for Metro Manila at ang probinsya din po ang nagkaroon po ng access. In fact, um, nag-a-average po ng 30 million per week yung naipamimigay namin tulong through this medical access program. A law professor and former Philippine Stock Exchange president debunked several claims of several lawmakers that holders of Philippine depositary receipts issued by ABS-CBN have ownership and influence over the network's media operations. Attorney Francis Lim of the Atenea Law reiterates PDRs have a separate personality from company shares and that they are essentially different under Philippine corporate law. Yung underlying share, parang kabayo yan. Yung PDR, parang yung betting ticket yan. Kung, kung bumili ka ng betting ticket, you, does, uh, you do not necessarily become the owner of the, of the horse. Okay? Mm -hmm. So, your only interest as a vector is if that horse wins, then you have, you win a sum of money. If the horse loses, then you lose your money. But as simple as that, it's simplistic, I know, but in layman's terms, that's the way I would describe it. Attorney Lim also urges the Philippine Congress to liberalize the use of financial instruments, including PDRs, to encourage badly needed foreign investment. Uh, in the same manner that the Congress saw fit to liberalize the definition of public utilities, they can also opt to liberalize or to make stricter the regulations governing PDRs. But I, I, I would just caution, uh, let's not be so strict because we need foreign investment, especially at this time. No? My COVID pandemic tayo, business is down. Liberalize our investment climate for, for the sake of our people. Rappler CEO Maria Ressa maintains she has done nothing wrong as a verdict on the cyber libel case filed by a businessman against her is due on Monday. Ressa says the case filed against her is politically motivated. That alone shows you the context. And then particularly now, I think this is a difficult time. And the government, I would say I'm not on trial as much as our judiciary. Also because if you think about it, uh, the the situation that we are in the kinds of restrictions that a, a pandemic has created uh the shutdown of abs-cbn the quick passage of the anti-terror bill uh five days going through the house of representatives while we still wait for the franchise of abs-cbn uh, all of these are cautionary that context alone mm -hmm. shows you that we we as a nation need to prove that our institutions are working. And I continue to hope 
that the judge sticks to the spirit of the law and realizes the kind of shift this would mean for Filipinos. Meanwhile, the attorney for Kang denies claims the case against Ressa is an attack on press freedom. We are ready to, to fight for Mr. King because um, this case is very important to, to Mr. King because um, he, he felt that his reputation was greatly tarnished by that online article. So if Rappler decides to elevate this case, then we will fight it till the end. Monday's verdict on the cyber libel case against journalist Maria Ressa will be a critical point for press freedom. That's according to Virgel Santos, a trustee at the Center for Media Freedom and Responsibility. Santos says this trial is but a clear-cut case of harassment. He explains there was no libel because there was no malice and that the prescription period had set in. Santos also points out the irony of the government's recent push to enact the anti-terrorism bill, saying it is actually the media and other sectors that are currently being terrorized. A clear intent on the part of, of the administration to make life difficult for Rappler. I mean, that is nothing that can, that can be denied at all. It is the media and certain sectors of, of, of society that are being terrorized, not the other way around. I mean, look at, look at ABS-CBN, look at the Inquirer, look at uh, the uh, arbitrary detention of a senator. This to me is, uh, is uh, a striking fear in the hearts of, of the people of this country. I mean, so terrorism bill, there is no uh, need at all for the terrorism bill. I mean, those things that they say uh, the terrorism bill is intended for are actually all in the present book. China warns pro-democracy activists in Hong Kong not to proceed with a planned school boycott and protests against Beijing's move to impose a national security law on the territory. Hong Kong's government also cautioned schools and teachers not to support the boycott should it push through on June 20th. But the protests seem to be far from over as demonstrators once again gathered by the thousands on June 12th, marking the first anniversary of the police's crackdown on protesters, rallying against a proposed bill that would have allowed extraditions to mainland China. While the bill was withdrawn in September, the movement evolved into water appeals for democracy in the city. Protesters vowed to keep on going after China's parliament passed a new law targeting subversion, succession, terrorism and foreign interference in the semi-autonomous region. And those were the latest. I'm Nikki de Guzman. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter.